Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Well, thank you very much for staying here with us on the channel. And um, as the situation is, Isaac the Royal Storm Dugby breezed into town. 
um, under very short notice and put together a news conference here at the African Regent Hotel. Um, Isaac Dobe, after his April 1 fight in Oklahoma in the USA, is looking forward to uh, you know picking up the pieces and quickly reorganizing. But there are major areas of um, you know his campaign that he would want to focus on and that has been the focus of this news conference here today Isaac good to have you here again. pleasure to be here yeah. uh, normally we all know you know about your arrival home you know you come and take some time off and all of that but this was just a very quick one what's happening yeah um, there's been so much to do and so little time and you know having to place everything together sometimes these sort of things are needed um you know we we're supposed i was supposed to come earlier but then due to other factors other things i needed to be sorting out back in the states so i had to wait a little a little longer and um if we had held on to this uh meeting it would have been after june 18th or after june and that would have been quite you know, a bit. So we decided to, you know, I spoke with my PR and, and um, you know, asked her, look, the only time I have is a very short time because I have to travel again um, on Saturday, you know. So with that being said, um, we have to make it quickly. I can come in quickly, get it done, and then back out again. Um, so that um, Friday, Saturday, I'm out again. Um, I'll be out for like uh, a good couple of weeks so you know these are all the parts of um, the, the the beginning of the next steps you know there's been a lot of talk about you know moving on from, from the fight but obviously one of the stories we told post fight was the swift return to the gym yeah. right after the fight the expectation from your team and your technical team was that you were going to take some time off. You returned to the gym immediately. Now, you've been training for some time. Now, how has that been? Uh, how does your body feel uh, at this time? I feel great. Um, look, after the fight, there, there weren't any injuries. Um, my face looked fine. It didn't even look like I've been in, in a fight, um, which was a good thing. I thank God for it. Sometimes you get, you know, um, you will get... Uh, body aches here and there but everything was fine so it made sense that you know if you are not hurt you just you can get back in the ring and you get back in the gym and start training you know it's a competitive nature of of of, of me and um i thank god for that because look when you set a goal you plan towards it you want to achieve that goal if you don't get it you need to keep on working towards it again and that's that's where we are um, there's no time to relax you know the only time we have is to rest and then get back in and I believe that um, you know I go back in training not to you know train intensively right now because we don't have any fights announced yet but which will be very very soon um, we, we are given when God permits um, before the end of the year so it's good to keep the engine running, you know, but not at a high-intensity pace.
Well, if you just joined us, we're having a conversation with uh, former world champion Isaac the Royal Storm Dogbe, who um, addressed a news conference earlier. What we're going to be doing as well is to bring you some of the, uh, the, the questions and some of the thoughts that were expressed here by some of our colleagues in the media as well. But of course, he's been addressing issues of, uh, you know, his schedules, uh, post-fight, his schedules in the U.S., and wanting to uh, quickly reorganize and get himself back on track. One of the things that have come up, uh, Isaac, um, obviously are issues of your weight division and all of that. Now, um, you, you, you are working, you know, as a free agent now, as you, as you said earlier. Now, tell me how, how simple or how complex that can be compared to a time when, you know, you have a managerial team in place, you have a promotional team in place? I still do. Um, it's just that now I'm taking the front foot, um, you know, calling the shots, which is also equally important because I do believe that over the years I've learned uh, tremendously and it makes sense to be able to, you know, put your feet on the ground to also look at other aspects of the boxing career in terms of the business side as well you know you can be a fighter you can't fight the road uh, you know your whole life at some point you're gonna have to also you know branch into a different uh, avenue and then um so what more and what best the best thing i can do right now is use myself as, as an example to to also look at you know that aspect of the boxing which is the business aspect of it and Obviously, I have a team around me as well. So, people, and it's all part of the announcements that will be coming through, you know. So, um, it's just like, yeah, we're going to have a, a last hoorah, you know. So, um, I'm very excited about it. And I think when the people have gone to hear about our next steps, they're also going to be excited, excited about it too. So, it's something we're looking forward to it. But one thing I'd like to say, I am not moving up weight, so please take that out of your minds. And I'm not changing my coaches either, so please take that out of your mind. I say, if it's not broken, you don't need to fix it. So, um, I'm still going to remain at the 126 uh, division and uh, possibly 122 because I can, you know, move in between so back and forth because in my last i believe in my last three fights i've weighed like relatively low i believe one time i weighed like 123 point something and then 124 and then 125 and then 126 so um i can still make 122 you know, but now we have the right things in place, the right people in place, and everything else. So it's just about you know going forward and doing what is expected. You know, there's a bigger difficulty in trying to um, you know get back to your previous weight, especially when um, you're advancing in age and the body is also expanding. So, and you talk about it very confidently. Yeah, Meaning it's going to be something that's going to be very smooth for you if you decide to go to 122? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, um, these people I'm working with, man, listen, I know sometimes I can be a little bit of a pain in the ass. Excuse my language, excuse my French. Um, but um, they work with me diligently and um, um, it works, you know. I don't have to struggle so much. And they're like, they're like Isaac, you need to eat. Rather, you know, rather than me, I'm trying to stay away from the food. I'm like, no, you need to eat. If you need to, if you have to lose a weight, you need to eat. So you're eating more and you're losing the weight. And I'm like, 
damn, okay. That's beautiful. So, I mean, um, it's just one of those things that um, it makes the work a bit easy, you know. It takes that that uh, tension and, 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 and pressure away of you, knowing that you have to lose weight, and then you have to think, you have to think about losing weight. You have to think about the fight. You have to think about this and that. So when one person takes that off you, now the only thing you can do is think about the fight, and um, that's what it's been for the past couple of for the past five years. Tell me about stimulus and how it 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 it, it affects you know your preparation for fights. And you know your psyche ahead of ahead of uh, these big days and all of that uh, stimulus in the sense of pronouncements that are made by people, people who are close to you, and all of that. In recent you know weeks, we've heard some of them, um, yeah. some of them not going to um, to positively, and all of that. How how have you psychologically dealt with all of these, and what's the effect on the fight? Because I mean. Um, we're all human beings, and sometimes um, what is said or what is done yeah. has a certain effect, especially when you're in your quiet time and you're trying to focus on what is ahead of you in the ring. Yeah, it's just crazy because like, it feels like, you know, when, um, when something great is about to happen, some negative things do also fall in place, but it's all part of the maturity, all part of the growth. And that's something that I've had to like really like sink my feet to the ground to control that aspect of my life and everything else. Because look, you can get consumed just by the actions of other people, you know. And and I've had to like really like wrestle with that. And I think I'm doing exceptionally well. And I thank God for that. Um, you can't really do much about other people's opinion. All you can do is accept it, accept whatever it is that people are going to say, but you keep the focus. Um, for me, I have to keep focus. I have to think about the next steps of my career, of my life, of my boxing career, and everything that's coming with it. I have to think about the positive side of things. And um, you can't always get it right. Sometimes you feel you have some mixed feelings about what the hell is going on now, like... At this, like, you, you just, like, you just want to scream at that point and just be like, at this juncture, like, right now, are you, like, really serious about, you know, everything? Like, now, this, at this time, that's where this issue is coming, is coming on. But um, it's, it's part of the things that makes life worth, worth living, you know, knowing that it also makes, it also makes you assertive that you're a special person. Because if you're not able to deal with all these little, little things right now, there's no, there's no, um, it's not a given that you'll be able to deal with it when you're much older, you know, when the bigger things come. You know, so you, you, I, it's something that is a challenge for me myself that, you know, I, I need to be able to deal with these issues right now, at this age, at this time, just so that it doesn't affect the future. How big is the temptation to... To, to set up camp or to set up base in other boxing jurisdictions. You have had the privilege of growing up here in Ghana and in the UK. You have fought in the UK, you have fought in the US, you fought here in Ghana. There are other jurisdictions and other boxing markets that are beckoning you and 
we all do know that definitely in other places in Europe, uh, you know, they want to grow their boxing franchises and, and make it big in other parts of the world as well. How big is the temptation based on the conversations that you are, are having now um, in terms of what the next phase of uh, your promotional life is going to look like? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, it's like a person working a conventional white-collar job, right? If you have to be moved from one place to the other, it means you have to move your whole family there with you. Um, however, boxing, you know, you are given the, um, the, the opportunity to either be where you are and then go and fight and then come back, you know. Um, is it tempting? I wouldn't say it's tempting, but I would rather say it's an opportunity. It gives one, you know, the bro- it broadens one's knowledge of other places as well and that's one of the exciting things about boxing it takes you it boxing takes takes us around the world and that's exciting you know meeting people knowing other people their cultures and everything else you know and um for me it's like okay it doesn't really it doesn't come as a shock anymore but rather a privilege to know that okay I know these people are really into boxing and they they would appreciate my boxing skills they would appreciate me when I'm fighting, so um, it's something I want to be part of. It's like you want to be part of something great, you know. So when they talk about that people, when it, when they talk about their history, you two are going to be part of that history. So for me, I believe it's a privilege rather than a temptation as to whether to pack my bag and go or whether to. And it comes, you know, if God hasn't made you special, I don't think you'd be able to experience that. And I'm very, very privileged, and I thank God each and every day for all the opportunities coming my way. Well, a bit of a review, a bit of a review on, um, you know, Robisi Ramirez, uh, Robisi Ramirez, as we get wrapped this up. Um, you, you expressed the desire to want to face him again, and his camp immediately, um, you know, moved away from or disabused our minds of any such possibility um is there any disappointment on your part uh especially considering that if you get the chance and it goes well you can tell a different story look of course um i could have done better there's no two ways about it you know we always strive to be to be better than we were yesterday um unfortunately um we didn't get a uh, decision you know uh but it doesn't stop us from you know the journey that we're on Sometimes you take a dip, you just have to be able to dust yourself off and then keep on going. And that's exactly what we're going to do. That's exactly what we did uh, five years ago. And we came to where we we are today. So it, it never stops. You know, we have to keep progressing. You know, you. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, 
you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. We don't keep progressing, then we're going to be, we're going to you know stay at one place and we don't want to stay at one place we have to keep on moving um nevertheless he can they can decline um fight having a rematch but once we're in a position we will not be denied you know that's why it is very important or it is imperative that um we get back in the ring as soon as possible get into the right fights you know and uh get back to that level You've always spoken about the, the desire to face Boxer X or Boxer Y, um, especially when they are ahead of you in the rankings or they are the subject of attention, which is they have the title. Mm-hmm. Um, let's switch it over a bit. Do you have opponents pushing to want to fight you at this stage? Let's look at the last one year. Have you had opponents within the division What's to fight you? I haven't, not personally, but those things, since I was of top rank, they would have directly gone to top rank. Um, I, I, I expressed my willingness to fight the people who were there, especially the current WBC champion, because I was number one, he was number two in the WBO. I was number two, and he was number one, the BBC. You know, if that fight had been made, we could have been fighting for two titles on one night. However, another fighter decided that he wanted to fight him, and he had the first pick. You know, so um, for me, it's about now, now it's really about just carefully planning and, you know, getting into that um, level once again so that, there, there would, there, there wouldn't be any. Oh, maybe this or maybe that, or let's see or let's try. Because once you're in a position, there's no way they can bypass you. Isaac, we're grateful for your time and um, all the best with it. We're looking forward to the big announcement as well. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Chinese and Uncle Nat, it was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Great, great, great. So uh, Isaac Dobe there, and of course what we're going to be doing now is to bring you some of the uh, concerns, some of the questions that were asked by journalists here at the news conference earlier, which also focused on different aspects of his career, uh, you know, going forward, uh, what we should be expecting in the coming year and issues of, uh, you know, his weight division and how comfortable he is right there. So, uh, the questions put up by our journalists and the kinds of answers that were given by Isaac Dewey. You know, um, I know that, you know, reviewing the fight, there were times where, you know, watching the film, like, oh, shoot. 
I could have thrown a punch, you know, I could have thrown a punch, but then whilst you're in the ring, you know, you don't see those things, you know, you, um, I mean, the coaches are, will tell you what to do, but then at the end of the day, um, it just didn't, it, it just didn't work out that night, and I can't, listen, I take all the blame, I don't, I don't blame my coaches, I don't blame anybody else, but myself, because I'm the one that has to throw the punches. And no one is gonna be there for the punches for me. So it's just one of those things that it happened. It just it just wasn't my night. Not really. I mean like um styles make fight. You know, if you look at my last three fights, you think that okay, they were different to this one. This one was more relaxed rather than you know because thinking is like two people thinking in the ring rather than one person who wants to fight and then the other person, well, one person being a bull and then the other person being a matador, you know, and then having to engage whenever they want to because both, both the last, okay, the Lopez fight and the Joette fight, they were more or less like attackers. The other guy, um, Christopher, he was more or less like a bit of both, you know, so... The style, the, the, the styles gelled just beautifully, um, knowing that these guys were just going to come forward and throw and throw and throw, and I just have to take my time, throw, fight them when I need to fight them, box them when I need to box them. But here in the last one, you know, we're more or less like, okay, two masters playing chess. You're trying to outwit each other. And um, every now and then, you know, one person gets the other one, and then you, okay, now you have to think to go in again, rather, so that you don't get any point, because the energy of the crowd also plays an important role, and also has an influence on the judges too. So when you get touched, now you hear the crowd go, you know, hoo-ha, you get me? And then um, the next minute, you know, so everything is like a calculated fact, and, um, you know, but like I said, hey, listen, congratulations to him. He, um, you know, he won that fight. He won the night, and um, we'll be back. Uh, if you say probably my losses to Navarrete. That was a tough fight. Um, I think that was one of the toughest fights in my whole career. Um, this thus far. Um, I mean, it's difficult because it's challenging. And nothing difficult in, in this world, but it was challenging. And, um, you know, yeah, that's the only fight I can say it's been challenging. But aside that, and also the Magdalena fight, too, was another challenging fight, but we rose above, above um, you know, the challenge and we, were, where we, we won the night. Question. You know, for me, um, we called for it, and you know, they declined sadly. So uh, our next course of our next next plan of action is to just be patient, fight our way back to the top. We've done it before, and um, the loss it will the loss cannot and will not stop our progress. No, no. You can never be disappointed because once you know um, the sports that you are in, you can't be disappointed because every 
everyone that steps into the ring to fight deserves respect. Just the other day, another um, young prospect lost his life. You know, so this uh, this sport is as dangerous as it is. It's also fun. You know, we enjoy doing it. People love watching it. We love doing it too. But it's also it comes with its own challenges. Um, you know, it's just a matter of. Now, the trial times, you know who is really with you rather than when the going is easy. When you're winning, the people who praise you, sometimes it's more than the people, you know, who um, step away from you when you are, you know, going through the trial times. And um, I don't feel disappointed mm-hmm. in any way. Uh, one thing is that I feel that I can, I can do better. You know, I'm always evolving. I'm still growing. I'm still maturing. Um, I can always do better. And um, I believe that the best is yet to come still. If size mattered, then I don't think I'd be in a sports. You know, I don't think I'd have become a champion. Um, if size mattered, I don't think Tyson would be a champion either. Um, you know, but hey... Whatever you are given, you have to be able to work with it. Um, there's, a, there's an old saying that say when, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade out of it. Me too, that's how God made me. He made me five foot four, tall guy, you know, very tall. Um, so I use that to my own advantage and, um, you know, it's been successful. God has been great and I'm grateful for, you know, how I am, you know. I know some people want to see me at six foot four, six foot something, but unfortunately, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, like I, like I said earlier on, at this at this point, you don't really um, expect anything less because everyone is good at this level, you know, so um, Southpaws are challenging to fight, everyone will say it, but there's also a way to fight them, you know. Um, it's not anything tedious to, to, to work around it, especially when, when you have this much experience as I have, you know, uh, you know, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it played any any anything of anything of significance in the fight because I, I was catching him, uh, you know, um, as the fight was going on too. So it's not really much of any difference. It was a series of defeats. Um, uh, I would say a series of defeats because they haven't been consecutive. Um, however, it happened in uh, five years intervals. Um, you know, I had a defeat, yes, and I came back. I had, you know, four or five, four fights, I believe. Four fights out of uh, three, no, four fights out of, yeah, four fight victories, and, you know, I lost the last one. Um, you know, so I wouldn't say it's time for me to hang up the gloves. I'm still young, I still got energy. Um, you know, the so boxing. Is it putting some kind of pressure on you to uh, reclaim the glory that you? I wouldn't say pressure. You know, when you put pressure on yourself, 
it just it, it doesn't do you any good you rather you just um you know take your time take a deep breath and then reorganize yourself restructure and you come back and that's what we did five years ago and god being so great we were able to have you know um a number of wins before the water fight you know um the boxing experts will tell you that after those two defeats from navarrete people are not the same you know so it took a miracle for me to get back to where i was again and i do believe that you know by god's grace god um as as, as god is, uh, is 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 still uh, is still up there in heaven he's still god um i'm gonna come back here and then uh this time will be even um more magnificent than the last time Um, I mean, like I was t- like I was saying earlier on, it's a fight. You know, it's a tr- strategic fight. You want to p- use your opponent's strengths against him and weaknesses against him. You know, you want to. It's a tag and pull situation. So if you think that um, your opponent's left hand is much stronger, you stay away from the left hand. If you think the right hand is much more stronger and more powerful, you stay away from the right hand. And that's just how it is. And this is the same way that, um, you know, it's vice versa. The coaches are seeing the things that he's doing right and the things that he's not doing so good. Same thing in his corner, you know. And like I said, look, there's been times where I look at, I look at the fight, I've watched the fight, and I'm like, oh, man, I could have thrown this punch. I could have thrown that punch, you know. But then it all goes back to the learning process. And, um, you know, um, the judges are there to do their work. You can't say much about anything. At the end of the day, it's happened already. We can't change it. Nothing can be done. All we can do is do our best to get back onto the onto the world rankings again. At the at the moment, I'm number five rated in the BBO. Um, number number and then uh, I believe number five also in the BBC. I'm still highly ranked fighter. Um, you know so. There is still hope. There is still, you know, time to make a change. And uh, I know that, hey, it's, it's, it's very possible that we'll meet probably in the next two years, hopefully. It could be sooner. Who knows? But um, I think that time is, is, is very near. All right. So this is how it all went. And um, this is how we wrap it up here. Of course, there are major conversations to have regarding Isaac Dogbe and the next line of action as he moves forward to uh, his next fight. Uh, the indications, as we've heard from the confirmations he gave the media here today at the African Regent Hotel, indicate that he will be fighting at the end of the year. Of course, he, he uh, you know, uh, he revealed this to Joy Sports and Joy News earlier and Joy Prime earlier um, after his fight uh, there in Oklahoma in USA. So there's still a lot more to do regarding uh, following Isaac Dugby and his exploits going towards the end of the year. Thank you so much for watching uh, on this channel and uh, we'll be back with some more. Uh, My name is Nathaniel Atto and I have love for sport.
Score HD, the new exciting football channel, is now available only on HD Plus and brings you football from around the world. Watch Sadio Mane and Daniel Kufitre in the top weekly match of the Bundesliga 1 and DFB Cup, Primera Liga, Copa de la Liga Profesional, C. Ronaldo in the Saudi Pro League, as well as daily sports news every other hour. Also, get updated on Messi and Mbappe on PSG TV and many more. Feely Feely on HD Plus Channel 151. Agronaede, HD Plus, the Feely Feely Experience. Supernatural Empowerment Summits 2023 meets the Revivalists, the heads of global denominations and the Kingmakers. This year, in Archbishop Charles Ogenesari's 40th year in a miracle ministry and the 10th Supernatural Empowerment Summit, expect life-changing insights for ministry and impartation for the next level. Host and speaker, Archbishop Charles Ogenesari, other speakers from Ghana, Dr. Robert Ampiakofi, Apostle Eric Nyamiche, Reverend Dr. Stephen Wengham, and also Bishop Joseph Imakando, Zambia, Bishop Joseph Matera, USA, Apostle Yves Castano, Congo, Apostle Abraham Gaji, Côte d'Ivoire. Date, Monday 22nd to Friday 26th, May 2023. Time, evening session, 5.30 p.m. daily. Morning session, 8.30 a.m. daily, start on Tuesday. Venue, Perez Dome, Jolu Junction, Apar, Ghana. Contact, plus 233-548-633-650. Or www.scsummits.org Supernatural Empowerment Summit 2023 In the history of Ghana's domestic football two names always appear to dominate I mean in recent times that's the last two decades of that competition two names always dominate the conversation of being prolific when it comes to being in front of the goal Ishmaelado and Eric Kobinabekwin Queen's story, especially at Kumasi Asante Kodoko, was such that he scored so many goals to the extent that people were now wondering what kind of a striker was he. As you recall, the 2008-2009 President Cup contest between Kumasi Asante Kodoko and House of Lions. I always call it the Bequeen and Dominica Dia show. What a contest that was. But how come this gentleman? scored over 40 goals playing for Kumasi Asante Koro within a brief spell. He also played for the national team. He went to Egypt, Petrojet, where he had an incredible career. Now, he's back, trying to impart what he learned on the pitch on the next generation of players he think can feel into his shoes or even be better than him. Today, on Prime Take with me, Muftar Nabila Abla, I'm speaking to former Kumasi Asante Koro forward. Eric, Bequeen. Eric, thanks for your time. Ah, it's always been a pleasure. How are you doing? I'm good. I saw you moving players into <laughs> spaces earlier. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's your new hobby now? Yeah, because we're once on the field and we know all the ins and outs of the game and we are still learning. Yeah. And so we are trying to give them the right foundation so that the future can be very easy for them to enjoy the game football. How did you start your footballing career? I started from Kotobabi, Swag Park, where okay. we used to play small pools, and I was scoring like hell. And so they do encourage me, the senior ones among us, they do tell me, Eric, you become a good striker in the future. 
So they keep on telling. But the unfortunate thing is, I didn't play for the school uh, team. Oh, okay. That thing because uh, my parents were like, it has to be education first. Okay. So I was more concentrating on education to have at least a set that in case because our football life is not promising. Yeah. It's uh, anything can happen on the way. So. I had a diploma in graphics. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a diploma in graphics. I, I also had my chance at the same Kutubabi Swag Park when the professionals were playing Monday Special. Uh, and I had the chance to play with Almighty John Jopon. We are doing oh, that days. Oh, okay. uh, he has won the uh, world best. Yeah, yeah, 1995. Yeah. Euro best, African best, yes. and uh, world best, the same year. Yeah, and then I had a chance to play along the likes of Osei Kufo and Ko. I mean, all the top players that Ghana oh, can okay. boast of. Yeah. And then I scored a magical goal, and that is where I had my chance into the under 17 team. Yeah. Oh wow! So you your football there just started from play street football and straight <laughs> from Singapore. Then we got there. And, and it's all about hard work, dedication, perseverance, and sacrifice. You mentioned that your parents uh, never wanted you to focus on, on on football. They wanted the education first. Yeah, what kind of a family did you have? I'm from uh, a footballing family. Uh, my uncles are former Hasofuk footballers, and then one also played for Kumasi Asante Kotoko. So we had it in the blood. But they wanted me to have, I mean, a good educational background, whereby uh, when, I, when I'm no more playing, uh, you can see some of our senior men going to Super Sports, yeah. and BBC and all that. Yeah. I need, you need to express yourself uh, yeah. when the chance comes. And also even when you go outside there, uh, uh, the, the management or the technical don't have time to be given. It's basically more yeah. paper. Yeah. It's more theoretical. So uh, when I had the chance to go to school, Many couldn't have the chance to go. So if you have the chance, you need to go in more. But any leisure time that I get, I make sure I train and then get myself ready because uh, when you have good preparation and favor sets in, I mean, it becomes so beautiful and a blessing. So uh, how many how many siblings do you have? Uh, we are four. Uh, that's my mother's side. Oh, okay. four. And I'm the last among the boys. Oh, okay. And then I have a sister who follows me. Oh, really? Ah, you're speaking to another last boy. <laughs> <laughs> Two last babies have a conversation. Sure, sure, no sure. wonder they, your head is sitting like that. Swollen headed. <laughs> we are always accused of being sure, swollen headed sure, sure. and, and, and all that. So, so tell me, you grew up from a very good home or from a humbling beginning? Yeah, I grew up from a very charismatic family, from a Presbyterian home. And uh, the surprising thing, all the junior schools that I went were Presby, Presby, Presby. Oh, okay. Until I went to college to do my graphics and then painting. I'm a good painter and I can sketch a lot apart from food. So during my leisure times, that's what I do. Okay. And uh, those times, you have to sleep early. And early at six, I need to be in the room yeah. learning and through learning, then maybe I'll sleep. So I've, I've been cautious through my childhood till this age that I am. Even till now, I don't spend much time outside. I always want to be in the room because there's a proverb that they said, the foul that sleeps early doesn't get problem. <laughs> So you get problems? Yes, I'm scared of problems because normally when problems are coming, it doesn't come from you, the innocent one. Yeah. Maybe they'll be doing it and then. So even when I go out and I'm coming in, immediately I park my car inside my house, I don't move the car again. 
because the Almighty Allah that brought me from outside, He is the one who took care of me. I need to be grateful and then rest well. Also, I grew up from, I mean, a Muslim fraternity. Oh, okay. That's Mamubi. I grew up in Mamubi. Oh. I schooled in Mamubi, everything in Mamubi. So You're a product of Mamubi. I'm a product and then, I mean, uh, a star from the, <laughs> from the Zongo community. And yeah. I'm proud to be part. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Was there man at home growing up? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There, there, there was a lot, a lot. And my, my firstborn mother is a Muslim. And, okay. Uh, she's called Barkisu. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I didn't just stay in Mamubi. I also left something in Mamubi. <laughs> <laughs> and you took something away from Mamubi. I took the Zongo character, which I think is very, very positive. I mean, the positive one, not yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the other one. No, if there, even there are even some wrong perceptions about sure, what Zongo sure. communities stand for. So. Yeah, so we, too, we wanted to prove that perception wrong. That, yeah. I mean, it's not all of us that are coming from the Zongo have a bad attitude or some. We have good guys over there who are Muslims who even call us and teach us uh, a whole lot of things about yeah, life about and life. all that. So I think Zongo is a, is, a, is a university on its own. It depends on the subject that you choose. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one there. You need to choose the course yeah, the, the, the and course the, the, to dictate your, your, your life path. Yeah. So was there money at home growing up? Uh, we were rich, we were poor. At least the little that we had uh, is manageable, whereby I don't cry for food. I quite remember uh, last time over there, when you eat at night, you are done. Yeah. But uh, I left my food, some leftover for the morning, and then the next morning when I ate it, when they sharing the breakfast, yeah. yeah. they didn't give me some. On Sunday, <laughs> and we we're going to church, I refused to go to the church. Because I left my leftover yeah. to eat, so why you don't it's all... some? So it's all on the lighter note. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but we had a family where there was love, there was unity, and then the society was also containing us so well. So I think I'm blessed to be in that particular family where we had top top people among us. So I'm blessed to to be. Talk to me from street football. Let me just describe it that yeah. way, all the way to the under 17. Yeah. Who gave you that call-up? And was it surprising to receive a call-up like that? Uh, per, per what I was playing way back, I think I deserved it. It was, it was being on merit. Not that uh, it was a favor, but I was acting it before I got the chance to go to the national team. And as I went to, I went and then showcased why I was being called into the national team. So I think that's the most important aspect of the call-up. And then... From there, I came back to Tudu Mighty Jets. That's my mother club that I came up from. Oh, okay. Yeah, from uh, Abu Sundoko. Uh, Alaji Abu Sundoko? Yeah. I mean, he... Uh, so that's, that, that was your coast club? I played for uh, uh, Kindogo. That oh, was the uh, coast club of Mighty Jet. Oh, okay. So from my, uh, coast, uh, the coast to Mighty Jet. Oh, okay. So from Mighty Jet and then uh, Jones Atukwefio spotted me at... Uh, Tema Park, oh, okay. when my teacher, we were playing against Power FC. That is where the now Koman now Queen Saga started. <laughs> and Koman is also a product of my teacher. Oh, okay. So oh, when okay. we met, I really tortured him. <laughs> when we met at House of Folk, yeah. we like, this is a payback time. <laughs> so that's where the David and Goliath all started. I remember, <laughs> we'll get to the act point, but sure, I remember sure. some gave me where he was putting his hands all over you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> When uh, the coach called me, he said, Coach, you're in terminal supporters in the train. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was good, I mean, a very, very good uh, thing to happen because uh, as a footballer, you need to take challenge to, to make you the better one that you want to be. Yeah. So how would you describe your, your, your career at, at Mighty Jets? I was good because uh, I scored almost about 20 goals in the season. 
Yeah, after playing 30 games because of the national yeah. duty, I yeah. couldn't get enough time to play. And it has continued because even in Kotoko, I couldn't get enough time to play because of the national assignment. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. when the team travels, I'll be going with the national team. Yeah. When I'm coming back, I'm traveling again. Yeah. So I only played 23 matches and then I scored uh, 17 goals. Yeah. But for the Africa, I played 10 matches, 10 goals, and I was the top scorer yeah. of the qualifications. I, 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 I remember that season very well. We'll get to that point. Because sure. it, you, you had a career that many a Kumasi as an supporter would always watch and wonder what kind of a player you were. If you just joined us, we are speaking to uh, Eric Kwabena uh, Bekwin here on, on, on Prime Take. And uh, he's been taking us through his, his life journey so far. Now we're going to talk about your footballing career sure. itself, Eric. The under-17 national team, how would you describe those days? I think it's, that, that's the basics. That's where, I mean, every player who, uh, used to go. Yeah. And I think uh, it wasn't bad, but just that we were unfortunate that uh, we were using the real age. Yeah. And then when we went to Kenya, they went and brought our fathers to come and play us. And that's where we couldn't qualify. Yeah. And then we came back, and then I was called into the 20. 23 and then the senior nationality. So that's how the process was. Yeah. How, how did you get to Kotoko? Yeah, Kotoko, I was in Liberty but I wasn't having playing time. Yeah. So I had uh, Coach Sapon went to Panduat of Lions and he was in need of a striker. So he came for myself and then Kwame Obindako. So uh, the two of us went and he selected me to be in the team. So Kwame came back and <laughs> Lord and behold, when Kwame came, his first game was to play against Kumasi Asante Kotoko at yeah. Kumasi Sports Stadium. And then he scored a hat-trick and he took the lead to Kotoko. And I stayed in Pandu. And yeah. Later on, I joined uh, Kotoko from Pandu Hearts of Lions. So, so how were you signed from Lions to Kotoko? I went to Israel. Uh, I went to Israel uh, to uh, this guy's team. He was formerly from Kim Faisal. Yeah, a large Grizzlies player. He was there. Their team that I went to. But things couldn't... Uh, materialized. So I also was coming. I met the late Jerry Asari. Oh, okay. And then uh, the transit launch, he asked me, if I get Kotoko, will I play? I said, yeah, it's a dream come true. Because I've been paying my dues as a fan. So if this chance should come, I'm going to grab it and grab it well. And then that is where it all started. Uh, the Airwax Sports Stadium, where I started doing the magic, and then it started from there. Um, so it was Jerry Asari who, yeah, Jerry Asari who, 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 who prompted me that he wants me to join Kotoko. And then ah, was, he, was he the, the man in charge of Kotoko then? Yeah, he was the operational uh, yeah, manager, manager yeah, of, 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 the, of yeah, the club then. Yeah. And then you went to Kotoko. Yeah. The story they say. Is <laughs> there to be written? Is there to be written? Yeah, so, yeah. So, so tell us, what, what, was, what was life in Kumasi and Kotoko like? I took my Accra life there, where I'm not the outing type. I always want to be indoors after training. The last person uh, to be at home and then concentrate and then think of what I couldn't do best. Then I can work on it for the next day. So I started scoring during the preseason and then the media were like, oh, there's a fluke. We have seen many players who couldn't make it after the preseason. And I told them I'm just doing a warm-up. The game proper, the league proper, that's why I'm going to showcase who I am. So when the league started, my first league match was against Accra Great Olympics under the floodlights. The first match that I played in Kumasi. Why well, I netted a hat-trick. Yeah. By then, I've scored uh, Liberty, I've scored All Blacks, I've scored BA in Sunyan by then, before coming to Kumasi, to show the Kumasi, the Kumasi family that yeah. this is the new gem yeah. who is on board. 
<laughs> the new gym <laughs> on board. How many goals did you score again? Uh, I played 23 matches that the league. Yeah. I scored 17 goals. Yeah. And then I played uh, the Africa, 10 matches, 10 goals. And so then how many seasons did you spend at Kotoko? Just a season. Just a season. And then within a season, I played 48 games in all competition. And then I scored 42 goals with 42 JC. Yeah, I remember. I remember that for a fact. I remember that JC. Sure, uh, and, sure. and do you recall when we were doing um, yeah, one of our shows uh, on, on, on the on the on your job. file. Yeah, yeah. yeah so file. yeah, so you were there, and then we. I thought you wore that jersey. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I recall that so yeah. so well. Just a season at Kotoko that you wrote your name in in the history books of Kumasi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what what would you say made it possible for you to be able to have that successful season at, at uh, it's, it's all about sacrifice as I, I keep on saying dedication i told myself i want to give myself the the, the the first round of the season do whatever magic that i can do anything that will contradict with my work or my performance i just put those things aside i concentrated and then the first uh, half of the season it was magical so i realized no if I should increase the way uh, I keep uh, pushing, I think it's going to help for the future. So when I kept on pushing, I think it brought a fruitful uh, something for the future. If you just joined us, we are speaking to Eric Beckwin, um, a former striker of Comercia Santi Kodoko, a former striker of Petrojet. Uh, he also, he's also a former striker of uh, the Black Stars, where he, he at Kodoko, he's called incredible number of goals 42 goals in just a single season that's that's massive i remember you were working with Bashiri Hayford, right? yeah what kind of a coach is he i started with him during the national under 17 team oh, okay. with uh salastete oh, okay. yeah so he has been a father a friend Bashiri Hayford is 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 almost like my own dad he took me as the son and kept on encouraging me during my playing times when we got to kotoko the same thing Role he was playing for me, and during my time in Kotoko with him, he was like a father, a teacher, a psychologist, and a friend whom you can always walk to and then explain whatever worries that you have to. And I wish anybody who have a coach like him and then enjoy him. Though I've worked with so many coaches, all of them have their own style of, I mean, attending to issues, yeah, management and, and all management that. Management and all that. But Bashir Ford was super. Where you, I mean, he's very jovial. I would say he's, he's a great comedian, which uh, when things are tough, he can create something out of nothing for you to forget about your worries. Your, I mean, I quite remember when uh, Opele said he's going to score us, and then he came to me and said, Eric, so are you, are you sure Opele can stop you from scoring? I said, no, coach. He said, that's my goal. I believe you. I know what you can do. And during that time, too, I was on fire. I was unstoppable. I was the predator. I mean... Was it? Um, Opele is at Temayut, right? Yeah, he was with yeah. Temayut, then yeah. the keeper was Soa. Yeah, and then Soa, yeah. Yeah, he, has, he had a, a very good crop of players during that time. But, I mean, we were on fire, the likes of General Seku for Harrison Afo, Samoa Inkum, Jordan Upoku, Nana Hindias, TV Drew, the late TV3. I mean, even our bench Michael is somebody's Asante. first 11. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our bench was somebody's first 11. So, you know, in, in Bashiri first team as well, you need to fight for the first eleven. Nia J2 was there, right? Nia J2 was there. Was there. We, we, we had a whole house. A whole house. And to play Bashiri Efforts 11, you need to be consistent. That's what I've been complaining about. The, the players playing Kotokoti now. 
he will be today good and tomorrow as if he wasn't the one that played last week. So I think it's something that is affecting the league as well. So it's all about the competition, the dedication and then perseverance that you put into action. And Bashir Rayford doesn't care who you are. During our time, we had problems, a whole lot of problems within the camp. But he was able to manage it well so that he doesn't get to the media domain. So I think that's why I said he's a father, he's a teacher and a psychologist at the same time. So would you describe him as one of the best coaches you work with? Yeah, one of the best uh, grooming coaches we can have in Ghana when it comes to nurturing talent into the top level. I remember when I was coming into coaching, he said, Hey, my son, <laughs> you are coming here. You know that playing and then standing at the touchline, uh, you do my world apart. <laughs> so you need to be ready. Uh, they will insult your mother, they will insult your father, but all you have to do is just stick to the plan why you came uh, onto the pitch. Whatever you did with the players at the training grounds, just come and implement it. And we have something in coaching we call Global Analytic Global. The global is whereby you bring the boys onto the field to play. The, the, the mistakes and things that will happen, you go and then analyze it, you bring them to global, and then you see that if they are okay, then you keep them by the global, global, then it's happening. Oh, okay. But if not, you need to repeat, 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 because learning doesn't stop. You always need to learn, read wide, and all that. Now, the boys, most of them doesn't even do research on, I mean, players that are playing the same position yeah. that they are playing, yeah. it's really affecting them. During that time, we couldn't have chance to be on the internet yeah. and all that, but we go to stadiums, go and watch the likes of Ismailado and all those people. He's one of my idols, though. And though he's a harsh player, I mean... Yeah, but no matter where you play, you, you, if you idolize the person, yeah, you idolize yeah, the person. he was an idol to me, whom I was calling every time, asking him questions, how he, how he was making it. And then he gave me all his training regimes, how he does, his training programs and all that. And it has made me who I am today. Was he that open? Was Ismail that open person? Ismail is a shy type, but when you get very close to him, he's a very friendly, he's an opener person, and then he's, he's, he's a very outgoing person. Yeah. What challenges did you encounter at Kotoko? Uh, I was so focused, so I didn't want anything to interrupt with my mission. And you know, when you know where you are going, you don't ask too much questions. You always have to stay focused. We're having problems with uh, one or two financial things, but I was always depending on my bonuses, oh, my salary. Yeah. Because bonuses are coming week in, week out. week out. So why do I focus on salary? And even uh, when I went to Egypt, it was all about playing percentage oh, before okay. you get uh, the balance of your, your signing your fee. Yeah. So, you see, in these cases, when you are playing, you make sure you'll be able to play the 70% of the games. Of the games. Then you are assured of the balance they go and take back for him. He signs, he takes his money. If he wants, you play. If he doesn't want to play, he's, he's good to go. Yeah. So you, say, you, you want to say you never had challenges at Quarterfall? Oh, I, I, I Be it on the pitch or off the pitch? Oh, it's only one, I think, when we were playing Sudan, when uh, the goal was not coming, around 80th minute that I scored the goal. But after scoring, not knowing, the fans thought we cannot equalize the goal. So they went and uh, lost all my four ties at the VIP parking lot. <laughs> so they deflated their ties? They deflated all. So, but the good thing is, that same place, there was a Kotoko fan who ordered for four brand new ties with a spare tie. And then, meanwhile, my tie wasn't even good. So, I mean, it was a blessing for you. Yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. I often hear Kotoko supporters, they are very generous. They give... Very. That is why they are very demanding. A Kotoko fan doesn't need a penny from you. Trust me. 
they always give out. So they always want results. So when I came to Kotoko, I first of all approached Opokwefriye and I asked him, how do we play Kotoko? He said, hey, point of correction. We don't play Kotoko, we worship it. We write our name boldly in capital letters in Krobia, then you leave it. You don't enjoy Kotoko financially until you are done playing Kotoko, where you have left a mark. That is where you are going to enjoy. And as we speak, I'm enjoying Kotoko more than when I was actively playing. How? Yeah, because the fans do remember, I mean, things that I've done. They remember all those things. And even when I'm going somewhere, and then they meet, oh, come, come. Then they'll give you an A-class, I mean, uh, 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 treatment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I get it. Yeah. But so, were they also generals? Did they give you staff? I even, I even the, the bets that people are playing, I mean, I go bet with our big men that this game I'm going to score. So I don't even want the bonuses, but the bet that I've gone, I need to go and score and then take my money. <laughs> so, so you go into an agreement, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm scoring. Yeah, the likes of Banu and Co. and Co. You tell me, Eric, Oshami will hotel, Brabeju, Sika. And then when I score, Maza, job done. And you know, a gambler never counts his money until the deal is done. So I make sure <laughs> I finish my work, then I go for my money. Yeah. So as you can see, the training that we're doing, that's what I'm impacting in them. You need to have that fighting spirit. Always have the winning mentality, and then you are good to go. Always have the winning mentality, and then you are good to go. But I, I will also recall that during your season at Kumasi Asante Kotoko, there were many assignments that took you, that took you um, yeah. off, off, off the league games yeah. and other, even other competitions for yeah. Kumasi Asante Kotoko. How did that affect your, your career uh, with, with, with the Pokipan Warriors? No, I think it did not affect me. Rather, it gave me a very bigger platform for me to excel. Just that Ismailado's uh, record was my target, where I wanted to break it, that 23 goals. Yeah. But due to absenteeism, yeah. these were not in class, but on the field, <laughs> due to massive Every absenteeism, the absenteeism. <laughs> <laughs> so due to that, I couldn't have the chance to do what I wanted to do. But I was yeah. happy. I left a legacy where... Uh, about six trophies, I won it alone. I mean, the Gold King yeah. title, the best player. You people, your award, the Swag Player That's of the like Year. Swag Award, yeah. Yeah, the uh, BK, Memorial yeah. Award yeah. of the yeah. season. And then one award from uh, the United States supporters of oh, okay. Santi Kotoko. And then also the Confederations Cup. And the best player uh, was given a car. Uh, VW Suran, yeah. which I uh, dedicated to my mom. I gave it to my mom for the nine months of labor. So <laughs> at least this is just a point of knowing yeah, what I'll do for yeah, her in the future. Yeah. After I bought him so many cars, and then because you made money in football, right? Oh, yes, I would say I made money because uh, in football, it's all about after playing, where do you put your head? Yeah, yeah but when it comes to assets, I'm okay. But maybe, let's say, physical, I might not get enough for you. But for assets, I thank God for how many. Because always I do advise my players, as you are playing, any chance that will come, remember the blocks. Yeah. Remember the cement, remember the sand. And after football, nobody will sit somewhere and tell you that you yeah. wasted your time uh, for playing You don't football. have a place to sleep. <laughs> well, you've, done, you've done well for yourself. That's, you. that's, that's quite impressive thank because uh, uh, there are many people of your your playing yeah. mates, your colleagues, some of them are even struggling uh, for, to make ends meet in life. So. Yeah, it's, it's due to the way the, the ends were coming. Mm -hmm. You might think that tomorrow it will come. To, we have a bed uh, in our proverb that we say, 
Whenever it's raining, he said after the rain I'll build. Yeah. But when the rain finishes, he's good to fly. He will fly everywhere until it rains again. So I didn't want to be like that bed. I wanted to do something down because I I, I, I foresaw that football is a very short-spine business. So you quickly do it and then you remove your hand from it. That's a good one. The next of the national team. Yeah. The national team. Despite your no, I'll come to the national team. Let me see with the club football. Yeah, because I wanted to go to the national sure, team. Sure, because sure. that's why your how prolific you were in front of goal. I recall that many people actually thought, no, yeah, yeah. this Black Star striking line is Bekui's own. Yeah. But that story will, will come to it, please. But you left Kumasi as Antikotoko. For Egypt. For Egypt. You went to Pretoria. I remember when the stories came up, how disappointing it was that uh, you Zemali were leaving. Zemali fans were waiting yeah. for me. When I got there, they were like, it's too small for Zemali. I mean, we, we have giants like uh, Ahmed Zaki, mm. who, who is this boy? He's too small. Meanwhile, I was the top scorer in the Ghana Premier League and even in the Confederation Cup as well. They want giants to play with. So I was about to come to Ghana when the agent said, there's a team that wants to have my signature as a team. Because I had Russia by then, yeah. which was valued for $1 million. So I said, let me come and then just travel to Russia. So the team came in, they said they want to sign me on. So when they signed me and then I told them, I'm going to prove a point by scoring all those big clubs in Egypt. And I scored Ali, I scored Zamalek, and then I took Petrojet to Africa, four matches, four goals until I got injured and then we were moved out of the Confederation Cup. Yeah. But I was top scorer, I joined top scorer over there too as well, that same season. How many goals did you score? I scored 14. 14 goals. Yeah. Oh, and we wow. joined one guy from Senegal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Buba, he was called Buba by then. And I think I was one of the best foreign players to grace the Egyptian league, if not to blow my own horn. <laughs> <laughs> English, English didn't really help you that much. Um, sure, sure. I, I, because if you look at how your career, if you look at the trajectory of your career, it was like that. Come on, Eric, always scoring goals, always sure. scoring goals. But English will never help you. Uh, I think after all, every every car that overspeeds gets an accident. <laughs> So, so, so we had accidents. I had accidents <laughs> yeah, but at the end of the day, the legacy that I left was what is more important. Yeah. And then during my time in Black Star as well, uh, the likes of Asamwajans were there. Yeah. Uh, Junior Agogo has finished with 2000. <laughs> so I, I, I would say it's not only to play for the Black Stars, that's the main uh, mission, but how you position yourself, how you leave a legacy for people to remember you. I'm not sure you will have even chased me here at this sunny moment that we are in now. But because of a certain mark, a certain legacy that I've left, that's why, I mean, great people like you and a great <laughs> station like Joy are here to, I mean, I don't patronize that. It's okay. I don't patronize that. It's okay. okay. That's a good one. That's a good one there. But any disappointments of not playing for the national team? Never, like never. Because uh, in my life, I don't know what is called disappointments. I have something called a game changer. When in life you don't have a plan B, that's where you have problem. So for me, as I was playing, as I told you, I have my diploma. I was doing some part-time yeah. artworks during my leisure times, and it shouldn't base only on football. No, football doesn't have half time. Football is a full-time job, but at least you need to have something that will be moving you. And I can't open all my circles outside for yeah. people to know what and what I'm doing behind the scenes. But for now, you only know I'm into coaching now. 
trying to rebuild the foundation of Ghana football as well. I'll come to I'll come to the coaching mm -hmm. aspect, but let's stay on 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 the national team. Sure. You look at the caliber of players who were there, and you came in. Do you think that you went into the national team at the right time, or if you had gone there at a the time, the likes of Samoa Jan Matthew, Samoa and Co were not there? You could have you could have had your way. Yeah, I think if it was to be today, you know, with the prowess that I was showing by then, I would have had it comfortably. Over there, but I mean, you can you can't say anything about. You can't tell the you can't tell the time that God wants yeah, you to God be there. Must, yeah, because every day is a working day. Yeah. So you always have to be ready. Whenever you get a chance, you just produce what you have to do, and then leave the rest to God. I remember when you came back um, from Egypt. You play for for, uh, for other 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 local clubs. Hazakes, I remember. Yeah, Hazakes. I came to Chelsea. Yes, you could, yeah, you could, when I was yeah. being disappointed yeah. by the Kotoko management by then, so I decided to go to Chelsea. Were you hurt? I was very hurt because I think most of the discussion was for my coming back to Kumasi. That's why I even cancelled my contract in Egypt to come. And then when I got here, he started bringing some hula balloon. He's injured. He's this. He's that. So I was even lucky to play that season. Well, because uh, Chelsea was playing in Africa. Yeah. So they have, uh, I mean, a chance to register more players. That gave me the opportunity to even be in the league that season. So I've been, I've been registered on the last closing day, the closing day of the registration. Of the window. Yeah, and then I had a chance to register for Chelsea. And I caught as of folk there, I gave it to them. And some of the fans of Kumasi Asante Kotoko said, oh, this cripple have scored you for us. He can't score us. Me, I was their legend. I was part of the people that gave them that happiness during that time. But I'm not saying all the Kotoko family, but yeah. some, some were, because I foresee that they were hurt. Some were hurt without knowing the inside of the issue itself. So when Kotoko was coming to Bekum, I was sick throughout the week, and everybody was like, oh, because he's coming to play against Kotoko, he wants to fake yeah. and all that. They didn't know. When I mean a game too much, that is what happened. See that I fall sick? or I'll miss out of the game or something like that. So I only trained on Saturday and I went to camp on Sunday. And Lord and behold, the two rejected stones, that was Jordan Epoku and myself, we mm. scored the two goals in Bekum. And then the same fans were screaming that I was jubilating as I scored my, my, my claim my love so much. But you know, in life, you can't be working at uh, ECG and then be taking salary from Waterworks. <laughs> It doesn't, work like it doesn't work like that. This is where I'm working and I have to give my all to the club Chelsea. And then after, I left for Finland. Yeah. So from Finland and then Basigi, Kuj Basigi came for me. And then I said, I'm tired of Ghana football. I just want to be off of Ghana football. He said, he will love my experience. And then he wants me to be the second coach on the field. Oh, okay. So I was playing and at the same time reading games for him yeah. uh, behind so when uh, I started scoring, they were like, hey, the person we thought is Oluma now, mm. look at what he's doing. Yeah, I remember you that your game against uh, Techiman City. City. That was 2016. You scored some wonderful kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were rehearsing our training, and Basigi was telling us what Eric is doing, it can happen in a game. And then as it came, you can see that it was well crested. Yeah. It was well planned from the training session before we brought it onto the pitch. Absolutely. Why did you cancel your contract with Petrojet? Yeah, because one, there was the revolution. 
during the revolution period, uh, like as is happening in Sudan yeah. with Fatao and Co. So we had to break for us to come home. But still, because we are under contract, your money should be paid. But I was like, ah, for me to sit, why don't I join another club? Maybe because teams were looking for me, but Petrojet refused it. So when Kotoko came in, I said it, it would be a good place to come back again and then come ahead because Kotoko was also in crisis by yeah. then during the time of KK support. Yeah. So I wanted to come and then all those things did happen. So I mean, I was so so hurt. I was so so hurt. To God be the truth, I was so hurt. But I thank God after I couldn't sign to Kotoko, I had a place to relaunch and showcase uh, my qualities. What did the management do? What did the manager of Kumasi Asante Kotoko do? Yeah, you know, they, they told me to come and then they gave so many promises of uh, when you score a goal, they will give you this. When you assist, when you help the team to go to Africa, they will give you this and that. But it ended up uh, not knowing they were, they were also uh, talking to uh, one player who was playing for Kumasi Asante Kotoko. They were also bargaining for him. He wasn't even an impong. Impong wasn't around, but they, they were rather talking Richard to him. Impong. Yeah. And I think uh, they, they were also scared of my velocity, the way the fans love me and all that. Yeah. Maybe I might bring pressure into the team and all that. Who knows? So when the disappointment came, I said, let me take it in good faith and work on it. And to God be so good, the goalkeeping chapter was part of those yeah. up there yeah. that season. Yeah. You've done one for yourself. Then you um, there was the trip to Finland. How would you describe your days in Finland? Oh, it was great. I went for six months. Uh, with Francis Aquafo. Yeah. Yeah, and then from then, because it wasn't a bigger team, uh, paying of salaries and wages were, I mean, somewhere problem. Vasa. The, the club was called Vasa. So you need to come back and then come and relaunch again. You know, the football job is like you've been a trotro driver, and when your car's for you get somebody's own to get big Until we, we, we wanted to call it a quit. Good one. So, at what point did you retire? Uh, I was uh, approached by Tofik, your own colleague. Oh, really? Yeah, Tofik Siano. He, he even took me to Basigi. Basigi. Oh, Basigi. It's available. Oh, okay, okay. So, he told me after that season, why wouldn't I jump into coaching? Because since my knowledge about the game yeah. is very high, so it would be better I come into the coaching and then just leave the football. And I wasn't ready though. So Basigi came in and then the likes of Mesitego, he also came in to advise me, Eric, we are here for you. Whatever advice you need, we are here to be there for you. So you just come into the game. We are here to help you. And then I started with uh, Sokoman mm. at Soko. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my first team I ever coached. And God being so good and through the hard work and then uh, researches and all that, I was able to take them to the middle league. Oh, okay. And it was my first time of coaching. So after, before I came in to do my batch, that's the line since D. Yeah. And then the likes of Professor Minta and then uh, Mr. Wilson and all those guys, the teachers that were there, they, they really accepted me, received me so well, and then made things possible, I mean, for me to learn, made everything conducive for me to be able to achieve my goal. And so now, as we speak now, I'm part of the national scouting team. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and we are still going on, as I'm now with my lovely team that yeah. just joined yeah. Union, Union Sportive Avantage. Yeah, yeah. Okay. which has been owned by uh, my former mate, Bene Champo. 
Oh, really? Yeah, who formerly played for Kumasi. Masa, yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember. Um, when he went to, Egypt. was it to Egypt? is E-Vibes, the home away from home edition. We're currently in New Jersey. The weather is beautiful. It's 42 degrees and I am feeling myself. Today I have a special guest that I'll be talking to. She is a gospel minister. She's called Sarah Sings. Uh, you might have seen her somewhere on your television or heard her songs on your radio. But today you get to know her and uh, the way that you haven't you know heard before or known her before so uh, i will be taking you through the life of sarah sings here at new jersey it's hoboken it's a beautiful environment it's a cute place to be i know i said cute because i'm feeling cute today <laughs> yeah it's cold so I mean, expect more greatness, expect more inspiration, expect more uh, love from us here, all the way from New Jersey. This is Hope King. It's a beautiful place. You can, you know, whenever you have time and you get to travel to the U.S., it's a beautiful place, beautiful park, beautiful environment. The water is, the water actually is pretty. So, yeah. Yeah, I gave you an accent there. So stick and stay with me. I will be back with Sarah Sings. I don't know whether we have like anything called a bad weather. But I think we chose a very bad weather to have this conversation. But look at that. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous Sarah Sings. I told you. Well, we have like a very beautiful. I know it's freezing. Please. Well, you know what I wanted to do? I really want to slay. Oh, and I love it. I love, I love what you're wearing as well. How long have you been living here? You should put on the... Yes, 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 yeah. yes. I came prepared. Can you imagine? 42 degrees and mm -hmm. I think we've dropped a bit. And you've got your gloves on. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I have. Yes. I'll hold that for you. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a beautiful place, Hoboken. And yes. I chose this location for a reason because, you know, you, I, you told me... Uh, at a point that you mm -hmm. used to bring your my family, your, yeah. your family here, and yeah. so I said this this should be a very nice spot for us to, you know, have this conversation. By the way, good to see you again. The last time I saw you, it was on television. Mm -hmm. I think you were on a Doom TV. You were actually also on Joy Prime. On Joy Prime. You've yes. been on all the channels. Yes. You were on a media spree. I was on a media tour. <laughs> yeah. T t tell me about what what, what was the reason you know I mean it was intentional I had to say my team and I decided that you know I we had to put my face out there yeah get in front of people interact with the people I know my music is blessing lives but yeah. it's also an opportunity for people to connect to me to know yeah. who I am and not just about my music but also to be relatable to the people so it was very intentional mm, so you're a Ghanaian living here in america so american-based 
Ghanaian gospel musician. That's correct. That's correct, right? Yes. And you see, I want. So this is what we're doing here on E Vibes. I chose you for a reason. You. You've been in this music business for a very long time. A lot of people don't know because obviously you're not out there for everybody to see. Yeah. I know that you have a story, a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. So we're about to uh, listen to you tell us that story uh, right here on E-Vibes, how okay. uh, the music business began for you. I know that you're doing something else. You have your own uh, work that yes. you're doing here in America. Mm-hmm. First of all, let's let's talk about your work. Yeah. Your what do you do here in America? I know that you live here with your family. Yes, I do. So, um, education-wise, I do have um, masters in health administration. Mm. However, currently I'm working as an IT professional, okay. and I also have a financial services business as well. So, and I'm a mom. How many kids? <laughs> Three boys. <gasps> Three, Three boys. Three boys. How do you juggle that with your work and now music? Megs. You don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I know. Listen. You don't want to know. It, no, it would take the whole entire, you know, uh, time. But it's by the grace of God. God. And yeah. honestly, help. Mm. Help. You have to have help. With your background in IT and all, all mm-hmm. uh, the finance and all of all the things that you yes. you're doing, I mean, why why music? How and did it even start for you? For me, it's yeah. I like to tell people that I didn't really have a choice <laughs> to sing. I didn't have much of a choice but to sing. Okay, I come from a family of musicians to start. Okay, yes. tell me about it. Yeah, my mom it was actually a recording gospel artist. She has eight albums to her name. Eight. Okay. Yes. And we know your mom? Not, not quite. Okay. Not, not as, you know, famous as yeah. others. But yeah. She served alongside the Mary Gansas and the Amy Newmans oh. and the daughters and all of that. From Please mention her name. Let's appreciate her. Diana Asante, Reverend Mrs. Diana Asante. Mom. Love you. I know we uh, we're sorry we we haven't really paid attention to your crafts, but uh, here's your chance to you know put some more light on your mom. Eight albums. Eight are, albums. Are eight released. Released. Yes. Wow. That's, her name. That's very interesting. Yeah, and one of the uh, one of the famous producers in Ghana, Shah. She worked with Shah. Yeah. Oh, Shah wow. is literally like my uncle. <laughs> oh, okay. So, yeah, so. because uh, mommy has the background, you decided that, okay, let me just throw that lane. At what point? No, actually, I have a twist to that story. Okay. I did not want to do this. Okay. Because of what I saw mom go through. <gasps> the challenges, the frustration, and all of those things. I saw it firsthand mm. growing up. I saw everything my mom went through mm. and I actually told myself at a young age that I don't think this is something I want to do. Going to mainstream right. gospel. Right. I didn't want to do it. Okay. So, so it's it's that's not what motivated me to start now doing mm. music. But I've always sung in the church from Sunday school to the youth choir to Can USD. Yeah. You know, as a lead singer. Okay. Um, our groups back on campus and a worship leader just across board, seven in the church. 
mm. you know what's going through my mind I'm like your accent is different it's like a United States of America accent <laughs> so I didn't even think that she's cold back home in Ghana until right. you mentioned KNUSC mm -hmm. so KNUSC you started singing from there uh, at what point uh, did you transition to like a recording artist okay so that was after i came to the u.s uh. so i had an opportunity to further my education oh, so i came yeah. um you know still seven in the church and yeah. all along from my childhood i received i'm receiving prophecies about you know what god wants to use me to do uh. and like i said i was shying away from it okay and one day i had a dream and that just changed everything what God told me in that dream is what started my music ministry. Wow. So I had no other choice than to obey the voice of God, of God. and heed to the call. And here we are. Here we are. So apart from good God that mm -hmm. uh, I'm currently enjoying, forgive <laughs> me, it's my favorite. Oh, that's good. Uh, apart from that, uh, since you began ministry, how many songs uh, do you have to your credit? Do we have any al albums? So we're currently working on my maiden album. Okay. But okay. we have... Um, four singles now. Mm. Um, never failing. Never failing. Let him in. Let him in. At your feet. Let him in. Actually, is uh, one powerful song. I listen to it. You know, <laughs> I know. You, I don't sing, so sometimes it's difficult for me. No, don't worry. To, you know. <laughs> so we have never failing. We have let him in. Mm -hmm. We have at your feet. 